Nga Monihuata is one of the country's leading exponents of the poi. Her sharp ear can pick out the different nuances. Here, her mokopunas perform Te Arawa Poi, Pākete So in those areas, see the sound there? Yeah. I do see it, I hear it. Dull? Catch, catch, catch. In this series, he tangata pūkinga, to be a person well-versed in a subject or area, Tiahika provides an insight into the performing arts as part of the upcoming biennial Te Matatini Festival. Tonight we discuss the poi, its history, whakapapa and performance with author Namuni Huata. I whanau ai ki kei rotu i te, te marae o te pākira, kei reira tonu i tamata e nei haukainga. Kei reira tonu i tūhaurangi Ngāti Waiau, Ko te hapu nei hinga noa tūkiterangi, ngā mea katoa i reira. A taku mātua ko taku pāpa no ngairo kātene, gārna, no kora, ko tana mea rā, tana kuia o māma, no te awahau, ko rangi wewehi, te whāngai māma, ko āneta atu tahi, taku kuia, no rangi tiarere, no tauranga mōna hoki, Kerere tonu ko tōku māma no te whaite i whāriki ngā whāriki arua, tana ingoa, waitohi. As we sit in her lounge inside her Rotorua home, she tells me about the photos that adorn her wall, and there's an interesting story attached to the picture of her kuia. The only one I know about the one in the white hair, Meriane Tātūtahi, uh, all I know about her, she went to do her shopping and came back with a kōai. How old was she? So she went shopping. She went shopping and came back with a kowai. So and that's the end of the story there, or is there more to it? Well, very quiet woman. Very quiet woman, Taku uh, Kuya. Yeah, she kept to herself mostly. She just tended to her family. But I deliberately put that up there because uh, after what happened to there, I've got my sister on the left side. And she had her kowai done. But before she got hers done, she asked me when I was going to do it, please come and, come and have your kowai done with me, because we've got three older sisters. And a kowai, of course, is the tāmoko, the, yeah, the, tāmoko the, on the tattoo chin. on the chin. So she had hers done the day before me. I said, OK, I'll come along with you. And I had mine done. And about might have been about 10 years after that, my daughter got hers done came here to the house, had it done here, so what we say, we've got five generations, basically. There's five of us. But, uh, yeah, so there's just my daughter and I at the moment. But, uh, you know, my queers were important to me. Mm. My crows and that were important to me, so when the kids come in, they know who they are. And uh, the bulk of my family there too, they were, well, I can't say tohunga, all I know is they were rongoa Māori in the Waiu area. Uh, on my father's side, in uh, the history of Tuhoreng uh, Ngāti Wahi, Korangi Kotukua, Tarato Nei Mahi Keiroto Ite Hakanei, the carving, uh, painters. So all our children have followed that. Just briefly, I just want to ask you a question about uh, about your uh, kauai moko. Is the is, is yours the, is it the same pattern through through you no. and your sister? Uh, no, no, no. My sister was a weaver. 
with harakeke with pupu work, okay? Even though we all did poison and that, but hers was harakeke. Uh, mine is time for harakeke too, but I'm a, well, I don't call myself a weaver. I weave. So I do taniko and all that, like these, these things here. They can all weave, but I've just finished a, a cloak for my son that was done eight years ago. The other one with two Hurangi Ngati Wahio pattern. And I also finished him a hat. They, they talk about, do you have passion? I said, no, I have patience. No, no, I have passion, not patience. Passion. When you run out of patience, if I make a mistake, I'll just drop it. And then about half an hour later, I'll come back and then I'll go again. And are these for your mukupunas, um, uh, grad- oh, education, graduation? Yeah. It's for them to it's adorn? All, it's all for all of that. Mm. Yes, yeah, so the kurawais that I have, they've been worn by Parkers too at their graduation at Waikato. Uh, the other kurawais, the same kurawais there, like uh, my mukupunas and my nieces, that one here with the charawa for the whakataita and na kapahaka o tuarangi ngati wahio in leadership. So what we've got here is a generational thing. When we talk about... Your mukapuna and having that um, kapahaka weaving um, really instilled in their lives at such a you know young age, that was basically the same for you. That was the same for me. We had no choice. We had no choice because of the boon of tourism. It made it possible for us to have stalls along the street. Okay. You're talking about at Te Pākira, yeah. just outside the yeah. Whareinui, there's yeah. like a little row yeah. of cafe. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the hours is just over the bridge. So, you know, each uh, each one who had stalls, you knew where they sat. When you were growing up, what, what, what's, what certain waiata did you learn? Uh, what, what poi waiata did you learn as a child? Well, Pākete Whero was always there. And you get a hoia mate, you know, like the the canoe poi, because that's all you heard in the village. And what's the canoe, uh, canoe poi? Yeah. All it was like hoia mate waka ite iwi, hoia hoia. So we're doing the actions to that, but what we looked at is what the old people did inside the whanui. Because all I know about the concerts, they were in Te Pākira at the Wahio Marae for tourists and that. So, you know, we listened to the old people. All the time, so you know. Eventually, you go to uh, Waka School, and then that carries on. What would, what were some of those words from the old people that you remember? Same what I'm singing. Oh yeah. Same what I'm singing. That never changed, because they were catering to a new, uh, a new audience, and because where the concerts were concerned, it was another element, uh, element of performance, which changes the whole. Scene because that's what you're addressing is those the, for the audience. Eh? So you would change your performance based on who was watching. That's right. So if it was going to be Māori kita Māori, well, things change. Te Pākira Marae at Whakarewarewa is a living Māori village and in its heyday was a tourist mecca. The locals would sell garments, cloaks, kete or woven bags and a variety of crafts. Today it is home to 21 families and is still a thriving operation. Guiding is also ingrained in the two Haurangi Ngāti Wahio people. Famous guides include Maggie Papakura, Bubbles Mihinui and Guide Rangi. Concert parties were put on as a way to entertain the tourist and that was captured in a early 1950s recording.
So when you talk about raupo and harakiki in terms of poi, um, namoni, what do you mean? So you're talking about the, the small, hard... Well, that it was hard. They are hard. I think because the, the fixture inside, not like today, they use paper or they use foam. Fine, but when yeah. you've got the residue of the ropu and the harakeke, you know it's going to become heavier. So you'll understand too with the ropu, uh, say like the, uh, the, the toda was shorter. So the rope was shorter. Yeah, was shorter because when you bang it, it, hurts, it can hurt your, your hands. So that's why at the time there when uh, Emily Schuster, I interviewed her, she said, I said, but you've got to understand, have a look at the concerts today, three, day, three times in one week, and that'll smash them. You mean the foamy, the, the ones yeah. that are used now? Yeah. I said, so because that's the, that's the difference in the timelines. But at my time, that's what they used. Or when I was young, they used ropu. But didn't she get sore back, you know? Wrist, I, mean. I don't think it had, it, that had nothing to do with it, really. It was about getting on with the job and being able to utilise what you had at that time and that timelines. But, you know, when there was a transfer into uh, tissue or paper and that, well, that made it easier still. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'd have to go out to the swamp. Uh, we all went out to the swamp, all of us with our mother, uh, to the swamp. And we all cut and split and did everything, dried them off, hung them up. So we used the residue from the skin from the epidermis and just used the knife to slip it away so they became the, the core of the poi. And so how long would a pair of poi take to make from those early initial stages of I think after the, the preparation is done, it doesn't take long. Not at all. So it's not even a problem in, in talking about that. It's actually utilising all those kind of materials because, you know, you, nothing is done if you moan. I think just like with my mother's quarter or just like what I do with my mokopunas and my, my children too, just make it happen. Do it. Namuni wrote the book The Rhythm and Life of Poi, published in 2000. The book is semi-autobiographical. In her own words, she says she lived and breathed raupo. Life was industrious and harvesting raupo and harakiki also meant that her and her family learned the practices and the appropriate karakia. I've actually put a part of the life, my lifestyle living in the village in terms of being able to go out with our mother and the karakias that came with it, how to string it, go in to cut, to strip, to do everything in terms of that. So I went back to my childhood into those. So nothing's changed. Mm. Nothing's changed, but uh, that's what happened there, like the lifestyle in the village at the time. Knowing how to make poise, not about knowing how to make poise, you had no choice. Yeah. Yeah, so where the book was concerned, apart from myself being into Farewana or Waikato, it was Timothy Carter to after because it's on the border panel with our NZQA. And he said, uh, write a book on poem. Me, what am I going to write about? I'm not a writer. Just write what do you do. It was through him. Yeah, it was through Timothy Carter. He said, you know, I'll always be thankful about that. But I said, I can't write, but. I'll do the best that I can. So I had a, had a Chrissy Papuni from Chuhoi woman that did the scribing. 
yes, you did describing, oh, I'll just write down everything that I know and what I do, the people I come into contact with, uh, the people from home that I interviewed, you know. So I think Emily Schuster was about the best that I got here. You know, it was sufficient being brought up in the village and seeing and doing. Yeah. That made the difference. Mm. That made the difference. And I think, too, looking at our old people at that time, so this is what I do now when I start judging. You know, so that's what I was brought up within the village. So you're saying that when you go to judge the poi, you're looking at everything, not just the poi yeah, action. Not just at the poi action. You can say, hanga in a kupuas and what? Well, he wai ruake te te kupu nei neha. So ki a hau nei, koe ra te mea nui te, te ngākau nui, te manawa, uh, te arwa mo te rara, mm. and ko te wai ruake roti i ta mātou mahi ke rungi. So you're looking through the whole spiritual yeah. aspect of a performance. It's because each one either brings themselves into play. I etahi wā kari i mea ori te mahi tahi, ko te poe noi o etahi wā, you know, they're all the same. But you have a look at the facial areas, whether you're going through emotion or going through some emotion. from the 2007 Te Matatini Bracket. Namoni takes her role as a judge seriously. She says she doesn't get phased or tired from judging each group throughout the four-day event. Her eagle-eyed focus and her experience means that, like her peers on the judging table, she knows what to look for. The whole body reaction to what you do. So, you know, even in judging there, you know, and I can say that a uh, couple of judges said to me, Aren't you tired? Tired? You can't be tired. You've got no room to be tired because it'll affect your marking. It's only here in the head to me. This is the reason why you judge, you've got to be sharp all the time, so that you can guarantee each group that comes up, I'm always ready for the next group. You understand that? Because in fairness in the judging, you need to be like that. Tired or heavy has no place in the arena. So, um, Namoni, how long have you been judging competitions? Um, uh, I came out in the year 2000. I had one part there, yeah, with Carl Williams and uh, Annie Black, because I was next to them. But that's when I finished teaching Haka. Then I came back into judging in 2000. That's on this level. On Te Matatini level? Oh, te Matatini and uh, regionals. The, the, the regionals, the regionals. Yeah, and the regionals and the Matatini. When you're judging a poi and when you've got your sh- your mind, your you know, ready to go and your eyes and all your senses are ready to go, what would make a poi stand out for you? I, I think it's, it's within their kōrero. 
That's the beauty. That's why I'm saying you can't afford to be tight. These people give their scripts. You understand that? And we're, we're lucky. We can get all of their kōrero, all their stories. Okay? And I'll just watch. I'll just watch and say, okay. And then I'll listen. I know mostly everybody goes to the second row. What do you mean by that? That's why they're in the second row. You know, the bears come forward. So mine is a pikiake te ne mahi, so that they can reach the taumata area. At one glance, you know exactly where they are and where they're not at. But what you do do, that I said, this is what you need to do to pick up. It doesn't have anything about their marks because uh, I said, a taua wā ka pikiake koe ki te taumata. Again, too, when it comes to that area of uh, of performance, even though I can say the feet are out of sync, this is out of sync, that's to let them know that they need to pick up on that. So I don't look for the mistakes as big mistakes. It's just really pikiake. Mm, improvements to, to make. To improve. You know, each one is on a, 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 a par together and you just have a look at their performance wise but the other thing we have to do too as a judge is if you're going to take up points you tell them why they have to know yes, why because yes, yes. you know i've been in teams too and know some of the judges don't say why they've taken the marks yeah. off you know i said that's detrimental to a group this year te matatini kicks off on the 22nd of february in hastings 47 groups from across the country and one from Australia will compete on stage. She explains which categories she will be judging. So female lead and poi are your categories that you'll be judging? Those are my categories I'll be judging. I've got to market what I see at the time and the moment rather than waiting for the moment for other groups to come through. Yeah. In totality, I said, no, no, I'll market what I see. To be totally fair, you know, because a lot of people wait for these top groups. Already, the others have been marked in your mind because you're waiting for the others. Don't you do that? No. Fair game, you mate. You know, I can write down in my own notebook, you know, why I did like them, why, what I took off and the reasons why. So if there's a comeback, I'm prepared for you. <laughs> so Namoni, when you were talking about the poi, is it at all make a difference in terms of scoring if you use the long, the short, um, you know, if you have lots and lots of things happening with your poi? Okay, uh, that was a question that was posed, uh, posed to me because I asked uh, Soan Parata, how to kupu Māori with the composites? Composites. Okay, you're just talking about the long, short, and all those? Yes. Like a combination, poi. It's whether it gels hangaina kupu. Right. Rather than just doing a poi. And because it is a comma, it's a combination poi, I mean, the people can get wowed with it. But you know, you can get wowed with that. Let me see. I'll see the front. So I'm having a look at the four or three rows. So that's when I talk about three composites because you can, uh, you can all be doing different actions to a poi to the same tune. So when you line up the words and the tune, it's already in your ear. So then I just watch those ones doing the poi. So then is some poi, when you're watching it, unnecessary because it's a bit too showmanship. It's It doesn't match kupu. It's too co- highly choreographed. Yeah, it all depends on the one who creates 
uh, creates the actions. Uh, choreography is fine to me. I don't have a problem like that. This is the age, mate, when you can do whatever you want. I thought I think you might as well jump if you want, if that's what it needs. You know, the other thing is giving people an eye for detail for what you're looking at and how you see things. Mm. Really, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a quarter about some of the women that opened their legs. I said, it all depends why they do it. Uh, here in or the old people at my time, you only had five or six queers that did that because they, they were gestures, gestures, and they knew how to perform, even those ones, that ones without teeth. Poke their tongues out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I saw some laughter in that, and they were strong women because they knew what they were doing and they weren't afraid to do it. They weren't afraid to do it. So it all depends on the reason why you do that, but sometimes it's within that kupu anyway. So they make a stance of about strong women at the time, maybe. Most times that's what they do, but there are other times they can be model of perfection or ladylike at times. So there are changes, so you've got to watch the changes, where they can be beautiful to watch or whether they can use another element of movement to show another part of themselves. Now, Muni was the recipient of the Keeper of Traditions Award at the 2013 National Waiata Māori Music Awards. She's a composer, and for many years, she and her late husband performed with kapahaka groups. Today, it seems her time is split between fulfilling interview and speaking engagements and juggling whānau life. She has some weaving to finish off on one of her cloaks. As we wrap up our kōrero, she asks her two mukopuna to perform Pākete Whero. She explains how the material of the poi always determines the sound. It all depends on the different materials they use. It all depends on the different plastic they use that it will change the whole quality of sound and movement. We like heavy poi because we can manipulate the poi rather than the poi manipulate us. Yeah. Because of the thickness of the body sound is not as strong as coming down to the thinness of the, of the hand. So it all depends on the swing and the move. If it's coming down, the sound is louder. Here, it's not so loud because it's going out. Ah, yes. See the body? Watch this. See the difference of sound? Yeah. So in those areas, see the sound there? Yeah, I do see it, I hear it. Dull? Catch, catch, catch. So they give you an range of percussion work. Drumming? Yeah. 
Pākete no. Whero, 100 yeah. years old, that way. It's over 100 years old when I got the information. I actually got it from England at the time. Uh, my nephew's father went across and he found this booklet and he brought it back. And so that's how I found out all about the quarter that had to do with that and the history of when they went over in 1910 when uh, Tuharangi used that poi within their program. Mm. And that's what the corridor was about. Looking forward to judging in a few yeah, months? Yeah, I am. I look forward to anything that I do. Like I said, I'm lucky that the group's pick you to go in. Okay, so they trust you. It's that trust factor for me. And then for them giving all their scripts and being able to read all their scripts, and say, wow, wow. And they're giving you their whakapapa, their whakatokis, their pepeha, tarātou nei hituru ke roto i te, I te tarātou nei hapu iwi ki pia. Ie kuera noi ho ki ahau. So we're lucky we're getting an inside mm. vision and kōrero of where they're from and who they are. And you're also are able to identify very quickly the dialects. And so another one that was opposed to me too in the kākahu area, you identify them straight away, I said. So you don't have to know who they are uh, personally, but you can have a look at their gears. That's who they are. They're so-and-so, so-and-so. So you're able to identify mm. each one that comes through. So that's the beauty of the matatini. Mm.